Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 406, Mr. Samich. Huzzah! Uh, we're coming at you with a little special show. Uh, well, not special because it's Monday. We're always here Mondays at 5 Eastern, and thank you for joining us. But we're going to be doing a little special preview of tomorrow's card at Kentucky Downs, which is yesterday's card, moved to tomorrow. Yeah. How'd that happen? Well, uh, we had a little bit of uh, inclement weather that went down after the second race, and they had 11 race card. So they said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to run the next nine of them on Tuesday and we'll have another race day. So that's exactly what they did. So this is the the third through the 11th from Sunday's card is now become the first through the ninth of Tuesday's card. It's actually, I, I don't blame them. Like they only have a limited number of race days. I thought this was a good way to get around it. Um, I'm not sure how you got it through the, the gaming board from the Kentucky perspective that quickly, but hey, more power to you, Kentucky Downs. Let's get it going. Listen, the state of Kentucky is all about the uh, the thoroughbred racing industry and doing what they can to keep it going. That's why that happened. Uh, it was, I don't understand it, but it gives us something to talk about because uh, the Bob Baffert two-year-old yesterday, Cave Rock, oh, man. Oh, boy. Pretty, pretty good. I mean, it, you had two Bafferts this weekend that were really the talk in California. Speedboat Sammy, I think it is. Speedboat um, Beach. Speedboat Beach. There we go. Uh, $200,000 Byron who sets a track record for any horse ever running there going five and a half furlongs at two um and then obviously Cape debuting at two debuting at two thank you uh and then obviously cape rock who comes back and just looks sensational the next day i had a couple of people say like oh, i didn't think that was that good he went 43 and change didn't switch leads and then finally did and just opened up in the stretch i mean there's a, a ton of talent there it'll be interesting like the two turns obviously is when people are really going to start caring about these horses interesting how they stretch out and how they rate back that speed you, you, you got to go 46 if you want to go a half mile not 43 and figuring out how to kind of control them there will be interesting the uh uh you, <clears throat> you brought up a great point that cave rock just really accelerated as soon as he as soon as he decided to go which i think when he changed his leads like you mentioned it was so great and how he accelerated it was just like oh okay go this is kind of how it looked and it was like shit how it so uh i posted the reaction up uh to watching the replay i watched it, i knew he won but i watched the replay for the first time today and reacted to it and that was really impressive uh, one other horse out of there to watch moving forward, probably when they turn three for the Derby Trail. Uh, the third place horse, Skinner, uh, for John Sheriff's horse broke poorly, was last of eight, and then rallied to get up for third. Now, he was a beaten third. It was a pretty distant third, but uh, it was a very impressive third, considering it was a second start, and he's still a maiden. So I thought that was a good effort. He's a son of Curlin out of Malibu Moon Mare. That horse needs two turns. So, like, Sham Stakes, Robert B. Lewis Stakes, uh, look for Skinner to uh, make some noise down there. But... We got some noise to make Tuesday, September 13th at Kentucky Downs. You ready to do this, buddy? Let's roll, baby. Right is up. Remember, if you want to bet Kentucky Downs and you haven't yet signed up uh, with betptc.com, it's the Racing Dudes ADW of choice. If you sign up using our promo code, which is DUDES, D-U-D-E-S, you get a $200 new member bonus once you bet $750. Visit betptc.com, promo code DUDES, Mike, first leg of the Lathic Four at Kentucky Downs. Tuesday, September 13th, race six. This is the untappable stakes for eight two-year-old fillies going six and a half furlongs. 
Uh, you went too deep. I went four deep, and you're using both of mine. So which one would you like to talk about first? Well, before we jump into it, let's talk about Kentucky Downs last week a little bit first, um, sure. and specifically the track trend that we saw. Now, obviously, they got a bunch of rain on, on Sunday, so things could be a little different here. But if you were going six or six and a half, you had to be on or close to the lead. You saw some horses take huge step forwards, one timer jumps to mind that are kind of unexpected going gate to wire. So you had to be close or on the lead going six or six and a half at Kentucky Downs last week. That definitely changed how I picked some of these races and kind of gravitated me towards somehow horses going one mile. You could close a little bit, but you couldn't come from the back. Going two turns, it seemed pretty fair. So just a quick kind of overview on how the track was playing there because there were some odd results in the sprints specifically because if you were not within a length or length and a half, it was over. And that's why, I don't know if you have the, the notes in front of you, but the, the ride Rosario gave uh, the big invasion and the owner's comments afterward were absolutely scathing about Rosario's choice not to have that horse closer. That's why. Everyone could tell if you were watching those races, uh, you had no shot if you were sprinting and you were not really close to the lead. And it uh, it was tough for Big Invasion, who ran on for a good third, I thought, all things considered, uh, just had no chance to actually win the race. Bree says, also a horse is not ridden by Rosario. Uh, Rosario is on a couple of horses that I'm using, and uh, including one here that you're not. Um, and there's, I think you, if you ever wanted to use the don't use it because Rosario's on argument, um, I might actually give it to you here for the, this horse. But anyways, uh, thanks for breaking that down. Where are you going to go on top for this race here? I got one more just off top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you. Uh, so, Shoddy calling me out saying I look like I could be hitting up a golf or tennis, uh, a, geez, a frisbee a golf, golf course right after the show. Dennis calling me out for my tennis looks here. Um, yeah, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just be honest. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut deep here. I wasn't ready for football and horse racing in one weekend. I did. I was not prepared for the the gravity of sports <laughs> watching and television watching I experienced over the weekend. I am exhausted right now, um, and so this is this is what you end up with here. I, I did get a bike ride in. I showered early, but we're we're not gelling the hair. We're not putting the polo on. We're just we're just going at it, and we're breaking down some Kentucky Down races. Uh, if you saw me ready. during our staff meeting this morning, uh, yeah. I look incredible compared to that. Yeah, it's true. I look the same. So that, that tells you the difference there. Uh, and I'm excited about tonight's game, too. So, uh, yeah, it'll be another late night. And just it is what it is, man. But next week, we'll be ready to roll. Now I can feel my energy getting up here, too. I'm excited now. I'm getting it going. Go. All right. Let's start out with half a chance here. I just mentioned how the speed was holding well. Half a chance debuts on turf, runs well. Comes back at Saratoga, beats Chocolate Gelato, who was a monster coming back and runs exceptionally well, especially considering how that Saratoga track was playing at that time. Um, I thought that was a really, really good effort. I feel like having the one post here means you have to send. I just mentioned how you want to be on or close to the lead. That's exactly what half a chance is going to be. Wesley Ward has, a great, has had a great meet so far here at Kentucky Downs. Jose Ortiz is one of those jockeys I really trust. I think half a chance gets the lead and is very, very tough up front. No argument there. Uh, Dan was also a three-time female of the year for Illinois Breds. Uh, this horse, when she debuted, uh, C.J. Johnson owns it with his dad, Corey John. They owned Kentucky Downs way back in the day. But uh, uh, C.J. has been very vocal on Twitter about her. They, he's loved her ever since they got her to Wesley Ward. So they're very, very big on her chances. At one point, they thought maybe Ascot, but she was. I think she had a slight hiccup when she was being developed. But that's how much they love this horse. So uh, I'm with you on her. Uh, let's. I'll stay with you. Your other horse that we both used is the Eight Alluring Angel, and this is a horse that I'd heard about going into her debut, uh, which is a pretty impressive one. 
Uh, what did you think about her here? Yeah, the, the debut is really what stood out. Private Credit run, runs third in that race, comes back to win. Alluring Angel didn't break that well. Um, and this was when Jorge Abreu wasn't exactly on fire. This might have even been his first mm-hmm. winner at Saratoga. Got him off the schneid, I believe. And this horse looked very professional in that first start. And again, it was kind of against the track bias. You weren't closing like a rocket going turf sprinting at Saratoga specifically for two-year-olds. And this horse was able to come from off the pace and be impressive. I'm hoping we see a little bit more pace. And that's going to be the key here. I'm hoping we see a little bit more pace tomorrow because I don't want to be six, seven lengths off this lead, especially with the way this short track was playing. But it seems like there's just a boatload of talent here. Abreu often gets better second race out. So I expect a pretty decent size step forward here. And I found two of these races really difficult in this sequence. And I'm spreading like like freaking peanut butter on a piece of toast in those. So I'm going to go pretty short here and just go with a 1-8. That's an like odd, meta- odd metaphor like from someone who's allergic to nuts. <laughs> that's true. Not all nuts, only tree nuts. Oh, I guess I wouldn't know that. I don't need to know the difference, so I wouldn't know. But um, <laughs> You made all great points. I'm not going to, like I said, I use the 8 as well. Um, a horse that, uh, I, I went one two eight four here. I'll talk about the two-horse uh, Dance Macabre. And I understand if you're spreading later, Mike, then you definitely don't want to use this because she's three to one. Um, they have half a chance is seven to two. Alluring Angels five to one. So I get if you don't want to be eating a little bit of chalk here. But I thought this horse was great. Uh, in that turf debut, turf sprinting at Colonial Downs, Kelsey Danner is going to appear a lot. And actually, I think she's in all four of these uh, these races in the sequence here. But she's going to appear on my ticket a lot because she's two for three at the meet, bringing horses from Colonial Downs. This was where this one debuted. Uh, Rocco was aboard. They thought so highly of her. They went to Saratoga, a very nice second in the Bolton Landing Stakes. Not a good, an easy field to uh, be facing there, especially from Colonial. And now we show up here. Uh, Army Mule is the sire. The first crop, he's the first crop sire. They're winning it at 25% rate, over 57% finishing in the money. He's had over 60 starters so far. Uh, I had no idea Army Mule was that good as a sire because he's not really out in California, but uh, he's doing pretty good. I think I might like this horse slightly better if Joe Rocco was aboard because uh, Joe Rocco was having a much better meet at Kentucky Downs than Adam Biscitza is. But Kelsey Danner's of her two wins this meet, one was Biscitza, one was Joe Rocco. So she uses them uh, very equally. And, you know, I'm going to use this horse here. Uh, a reason other than the price why you didn't use the two? Uh, it doesn't feel like a turf pedigree to me. That was one of the big reasons. Um, and, and I realize we have a, a good turf race, two really good turf races actually on, on the board there. But Army Mule, as you mentioned, great percentage, but 15 of his 16 wins have come on the dirt. Um, and Blame on the bottom side, we've talked about Blame quite a bit on turf, not not all that wonderful. So um, I, I'm a little concerned, it's just a couple low, but honestly, you, you'd hit the nail on the head. I, I don't want to, I could have gone one, two, four, eight here, but then I'm playing for the four of the top five choices and I'm going to spread another legs and I don't really want to single the eight and the third leg will get there in a second. So all of a sudden, if I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to play the four favorites and I'm going to single the chalk. That's not a good ticket. So uh, I'm going to go shorter here so I can spread a little bit more in other places and take a shot against the eight in the feature. Yeah, I didn't take a single in the. I didn't. I didn't single up the the singling any horse at Kentucky Downs. It just doesn't sound like a fun experience, even if it's like a Wesley. War. I mean, Campanelli, you could have singled her, and that was close until the end there. Uh, last horse on for me is the four. Uh, you want to try and say her name? The four. Rincito Rampier. That's actually that's beautiful. I love that gorgeous name. Uh, a really nice win. You know, on paper, wins by seven lengths at Monmouth Park. Um, Arna Delacour last year in 2021 debuts a horse at Monmouth Park of Philly, wins by open lengths like that, brings her to Kentucky, brings her to Kentucky Towns for this race. You and I are both talking tied today. For this specific race, Joel Rosario rides her after Diaz was aboard for the debut. 
And Koala Princess wins this race and is back in the next race we're going to talk about. Rosario is aboard for this horse. Now, here's the problem. If you watch this race, this horse never once settled. She was pulling, pulling, pulling. And eventually Diaz just was like, let her go. And off she went. What is Joel Rosario going to do if a horse does that? What is he? How does he react? Because this horse, I think, has got a ton of talent. But she's a little screwy in the head and needs to learn how to settle. Do we think Rosario is going to teach her that while she wins in this race? It's a dicey proposition. He likes to choke horses out when they do that. Like he, he's, he's willing to fight them. And that's just not generally the best thing to see. Yeah. I, I just, again, I mean, this is another one I considered. This is the, literally the horses you use are my second, third and fourth horses. I did. <laughs> the ticket wise didn't, didn't allow me to fit on here. And I'm very like the problem with Rosario and not to harp on Rosario here. <laughs> he could be the best jockey at Kentucky downs tomorrow. That's the really yeah. the tough part about it is that he was literally the worst jockey at a major racetrack, I think I have seen on Saturday, Kentucky Downs. That was that bad of a day. And then you, you fast forward, and he could be the best jockey at the track on, on Tuesday. You just you don't you have that inconsistency from him. That's that's what frustrates me. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure what he would do with this horse. I, I mean, I would consider it an upgrade that he's on the horse because his top end ride is better than most. But you're right. You don't. You the horse needs to be much more mature this time out, especially with Rosario aboard if you want to get the job done. Uh, the other horse that was a short price neither of us used is the three bling, and I thought it would at least be bringing up why we didn't like her here. Uh, she's four to one, and Vicky Oliver, Bayheron, or usually find a way to get at least one pr- a horse home at a nice price, but I think they already did that on Saturday. They had their winner at 12 to one. Uh, three f- race, three horses from her maiden win have already run back, two of them at Kentucky Downs. Neither of them were close to hitting the board. Uh, the other one was third, but a pretty distant third, and that was Indiana Grand, or whatever the hell it's called, uh, a maiden special weight. So I don't. I think that her price here is way too short considering what she was facing or what she beat last out. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think – I doubt she's the fourth choice. I bet she's the fifth choice when they actually break. Uh, I, I didn't have much interest here. I mean, it just I, – I, I didn't think that last one was as impressive as it looks on paper when you watch it back on a replay. And like you said, the, the race hasn't come back well. So I, I didn't really consider using bling. I'm just going to leave Shadi's comment here for, uh, for everybody to read. If you're listening to the podcast, this is why you should go ahead and watch the YouTube show sometimes. We get some funny stuff. The next leg of the late pick four at Kentucky Downs on Tuesday, September 13th. Race seven, it's the Music City Stakes. 12 three-old Phillies plus three also eligible. Is going six and a half furlongs. And like I just talked about, last year's winner of the previous race we just talked about, Koala Princess, she's back. Number four horse, three to one. She's second off the bench after finishing third in the Lake George Stakes at Saratoga. Did she make your ticket? She did make the ticket. Uh, not the top pick, but I, I do respect her quite a bit here. Um, I, again, positioning is a big concern with Qual Princess. It's why Qual Princess wasn't higher up in my my order here because she's going to be off the pace, and we're going six and a half furlongs. And Joelle's riding, and we saw what Joelle did off the pace going six and a half furlongs. It, it wasn't pretty. Um, and then this horse just doesn't have much turn of foot early, so you can't even really blame Joelle. But this horse also went gate to wire first time out at Monmouth going five and a half. So maybe he can get her a little more forwardly placed than she has been. Um, but yeah, the mile effort going 24 seconds and, and, and missing to a very good field. I mean, Dolce Zell and Eminent Victor, very good horses at Saratoga. So it's not like she's taking a step up in class here. She's probably taking a step down a little bit. But um, I, the, the positioning of where she will be is my biggest concern here for Koala Princess. I put the three poppy flower on top in this spot. Has uh, a little more tactical speed. has been coming out of five and a half turf sprints. I was really impressed with Empress Tigress and Poppy Flower at Saratoga. Those last two races, I thought the Galway was a really good effort here from Poppy Flower taking a step forward. 
And since this horse got back to turf sprinting here, you can draw a line through that first effort in the three-year-old season where the, the race gets rained off the turf. The next three are absolutely phenomenal. Uh, it was 10 to one, but kind of validated that effort that win at Laurel with the first effort in the, in the coronation cup at Saratoga, and then took another step forward. So I'm going to put the three poppy flower on top. It'll be interesting to see what price we get. I, I think four to one is pretty fair. Uh, my top two picks, uh, reverse order, but it's like one and one eight. By the way, how rude is that the three poppy flowers, four to one and the four Koala princesses, three to one. It was very tricky writing this out. I kept screwing up the numbers, um, but at least I'm using both of them. Right. So, uh, yeah, so at, least, to- at least once a week, I put the horse's number as the first number of their odds when I'm making picks. I got to go back and figure out what the hell I was doing. Oh, yeah. All the time. Um, so I went three deep here and just kind of like last time you went a little deeper, but we're pretty much covered in the same one. And the third horse for me is a long shot. So let's talk about the 11 uh, Majestic Doro at 15 to one. Uh, Tyler Gaffleon having another great meet nine for 47. If you take out the seven times that he rode for Brendan Walsh that all didn't win. He's over seven riding for Walsh at this this year's meet. Uh, he's nine for 40. That's 23%. That's a much better than 19%. That's pretty great. Uh, Brendan Walsh, you see there, he's one for 14, but he's got five seconds. You know who's aboard for four of those seconds? Tyler Gaffleone. They're like right there. They just they need a little bit more racing luck. That's something, Mike, that you taught me is like sometimes you just, that barn needs that racing luck when it's better than this. Walsh is a much better trainer than this usually. Uh, she had that really nice win in the turf sprint at Woodbine going six and a half furlongs, two back in the alley. Wow. The only other time she's tried the six and a half for a long distance, it was a synthetic sprint at Turfway Park that she won very easily. The concern for me is, do we know what her ceiling is? Like, is 80, 81 the best that she's going to possibly get buyer-wise out of this? But we're getting 15 to 1. It is a new track and a new setup. So if, you know, a sudden spike in the buyer here wouldn't be that shocking to me. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what you're counting on here. If you like this horse, she's going to be forwardly placed. Um, this is only her third turf sprint. I mean, to me, that's a big, only her third time on turf. So you can make an argument she does have some upside from that perspective. Successful at six and a half furlongs at Woodbine. And only missed a twilight gleaming by a length. That, mm-hmm. to me, the, the race, the first time on turf, or first time turf sprinting, she missed a twilight gleaming by a length and then come back, comes back and wins the stakes next time. 15 to 1, I think, is a very fair price. You mentioned Gaffley, only he's been absolutely on fire. And you nailed it on Walsh. I mean, when you look at a trainer and their meat stats, if they are piling up seconds but don't have the wins – a lot of that's racing luck. It's not like you're losing these, like especially at Kentucky Downs. It's hard enough to hit the board at Kentucky Downs because there's so many damn horses in these fields. So um, I, I think the, the Walsh Barn's been pretty solid. Gaffney been on fire. Forwardly placed horse that has a ton of upside. I, I, I like to use the 11 here. Uh, a horse that I didn't use, but is uh, I don't know if it's the fourth or fifth one on your ticket, but just to her outside is the 12 Happy Soul. It, it's Wesley Ward in a turf sprint at Kentucky Downs. It's like, man, he's 5 for 21. He's 9 for 21 hitting the board right now. Irad's hopping board. It's first time turf. And I was like, how's Ron Happy been as a turf sire? He's 2 for 54 turf sprinting. That's 3%. So he's not great. Um, and he's 0 for 15 on wet turf. So if there's any kind of moisture at all, not great there. But tell me why you're using the 12 in the spot. Speed. I mentioned at the top of the show here, I want the leader. This is, I think, your leader. I think Happy Soul ends up getting the lead from the 12 post. I think Irad sends here. Um, and a lot of times, and this is Wesley Ward's game is not dirt, right? It's the, he's, He is much better turf, specifically turf sprinting. 
they thought this horse had so much talent that they sent it through the grade one Ashland. We faced off against Nest there. Uh, we, we were in the victory ride last time out facing Hot Peppers, and half is enough. They thought very, very, very highly of this horse, dropping out of straight back-to-back-to-back uh, -to -back -to -back graded stakes races. Yeah, the turf thing is a scary part here, right? It's definitely not bred for the turf. But the fact that we're showing up here and taking this shot tells me that they believe Happy Soul can at least handle it a little bit and should be in the lead or forwardly placed. I'll take Irad and, and Wesley at 15 to 1 in a turf sprint where the horse is probably the fastest out of the gate. She's got one older sibling uh, of all her siblings that raced. One of them uh, did make on turf and actually was three for three for five, but really one of them had a bad trip. So really three for four on turf uh, in her long career. So there is, you know, the run happy angle is maybe not the best, but also he's not over 200 you know it's it could be a little worse could be was it practical joke i think in turf routes might be worse than that but uh yeah listen if it's speed plus wesley ward knowing what he's doing at kentucky downs is probably going to trump uh any run happy cyrus stats there who was the last one on your ticket bud our uh, last one for me was the six au revoir oh oeuvre i know this one it's oeuvre yep um and, and I mean, simply because since we got into the course block bar and got back to the turf, this horse took two giant steps forward, right? I mean, a really nice effort there, two back at Hawthorne, and able to come from off the pace there, which I, I'm not sure if Uvra will be the fastest horse in this spot, but then goes to Colonial, um, but goes back against the Phillies and goes gate to wire, getting a, a nice 89 buyer in that spot. Uh, horses two for two turf sprinting since we turned three, since we were in the Chris block barn. Um, actually didn't turf sprint prior to that, was did a routed part of that, but the distance is not as big of a concern because we do have that one race at a mile over the turf for me. I feel like this one, again, forwardly placed, you're getting a good price. I trust Loveberry to, to send this horse. And you also do, you have seen this horse be able to stalk and win. So if this, if Ouvre ends up in third, he, she could still get up and get by here. So uh, again, I like the 12 to one price. I think it's a nice race to take a shot at. I, I, Koala Princess, who I, I respect is the favorite. It's going to come be coming from far back. So uh, I'm going to end up with 3, 4, 6, 11, 12 here and see if we can get a number home. Can I tell you what I respect is what you how you structured your your betting for this race, your five horses. You took the two best horses in the race, which are the three and the four, but they also are come from behind horses, and you're sticking to your convictions that you need to be forwardly placed in these sprints. And so you went with three forwardly placed horses that you're all getting double-digit prices on. Uh, it, you just need one of those to just get brave or get loose up there and and take it. I think the six is pretty sneaky if, you know, hasn't faced horses of this caliber but uh that you know doesn't mean anything kentucky downs like all that stuff about class you just throw piss it out the window it doesn't mean anything here um chris block has three starters so far at the meet two of the three have hit the board so he's sending horses that have fit the, the places that they they've ran and so again he's over at the meet but it's over three and he's got he got two hitting the board in these big fields they're running so you're getting a good price on a horse that i expected to put forth a solid effort Go back to the chat here. Charles says he likes Poppy Flower in the post. Uh, Dennis says he likes the eight getting back to turf. That's Bubble Rock. And uh, this is a horse that I actually initially thought I would use. But between the five to one price and just how bad Cox and Drew are doing right now, it's not it's not a horse that I use. But she did have that great start to her career on turf. You know, scratch off the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies turf. It didn't work for her. And it's like they tried backdooring their way into the Kentucky Oaks. And that didn't work. So now she's here. But I, I'm worried that she might be short with a cold barn if the if cox was hot you might want to use her but cox is stone cold and she's coming off a long layoff yeah and who are you like if i'm spreading here who am i taking off my ticket to use the eight that that for yeah. me is the thing it's like i, I i'm not so, so bub locks five to one and going to get that you're, you're not going to get a great price here and i just i i 
I think fair odds would be closer to 15 to one on, on bubble rock in this spot. And, and that's why I can't find a way to put this horse on the ticket because I, I'm not taking the three or the four off. I don't really want to take off the, the sixth, 11 or 12. And I don't really feel like going six deep here unless I want to go four deep in the last, but maybe that's what ends up happening. But I, but for me, bubble rock is just too short of a price based on what we've seen from with too many question marks, really. Cause you're, you're off yeah. the layout. We're going back to turf spring. We don't know if she's fully cranked up for this. I mean, I assume she is, but you, you, don't know if she needs this race to get the six and a half. Giroux's been god awful, right? Like there's just there's too much here where it's I, I can't take that price. Sean says he's using four ten one, and then I also saw uh, Dennis said he might looked at the one. Have a good day. But the one and the ten are the two euros in this race. The ten is a, a European bred shipping from California. Uh, last time we passed on that brand kind of business in the ass, but I'm not worried about Glenn all this time. Yeah, it's interesting. Brand, the only uh, European bred horse in that turf sprint, ends up winning. We talked about it right after we went off the air doing the reaction for that one. Um, I'm more interested in the one than I am the 10, but I, I am not essentially all that interested in the one specifically because I, like, the horse got a pretty good trip last time and just got roasted by Poppy Flower. Um, and so you, you'd need to take a pretty decent step forward, second off, which is totally possible. I mean, second off a long layoff, second time in the U.S. Yeah, I could see that the one taking a step forward, but I feel like Poppy Flower has the one covered. I uh, was a three-time winner overseas uh, in, in actually France. Is Irish bred, but was running in France uh, at some spots. Um, my very basic knowledge of the French circuit, a couple of those races on a lesser circuits there, but we'll, we'll see what happens. If you like her, uh, go ahead and use her. We'll move on. The feature race. From Sunday, that's now on Tuesday, his race eight. It's the penultimate leg of the late pick four sequence, and it is the rescheduled grade three ladies marathon stakes. Field of nine older fillies and mares going a mile and five sixteenths, so pretty much one complete lap around the track. Defending champion Family Way, that's the eight horse Mike was talking about earlier, why he's not singling her. She's three to two defending champ, but man, three to two singling in a race like this. I, I don't know. Does she do it? Well, before she, do, we, she does or she doesn't, I want to bring up this comment from Trish because I love it. She says, I love Kentucky Down so much and don't under, uh, I don't understand the hate it gets by handicappers saying it's impossible when every one complains about chalk and small field. Amen. Like, and the funny thing is, if you don't like Kentucky Downs, just don't play it. Just go play your I'll chalk try. and small fields at other places. There's a plenty of tracks that are running that are getting six to eight horses. Like, either this is your jam or it's not. And, and you have to understand the variance is higher at Kentucky Downs. That's what pisses people off is that it's harder to hit tickets, but when you hit, they pay a ton. You, it's, it's a seven-day meet. If you hit one pick five, you're up. It's that simple. And if you don't hit one, then you come back next year and you hope you have a good meet. Like it's, it, These pick fives are paying 5000 10000 23000 Like They're paying stacks, and that, that frustrates people who want to cash a ticket every day, whereas it actually is a great opportunity if you're properly betting those races. And so for me, I, I like Kentucky Downs in that aspect. It's a little bit of a funky course, and that can create some odd results, but that is also why. It can pay so much. You know what I mean? So anyway, uh, yeah, I have family way on top. I, I believe she's she's the best horse in this race, but she's carrying 126. Um, and uh, I just, I, the, for me, the way she loses is someone takes her gate to wire, and that's the one adventure. Uh, sitting four to one on the board, clearly your lone speed in this spot. Horse that, that has the ability here to take a pretty big step forward um, because we're going to be second off the layoff, second out as a four-year-old. You know that's one of the things that I love. Uh, first race, you just draw a line through that mountaineer race, right? And the fact that they're actually coming here after that race tells me 
that this horse is ready to roll even more. Um, but the race gets, gets drawn off, the, uh, taken off of the turf, ends up winning, but gets a pretty low buyer for it. The buyer is what's going to stop people from betting this horse. That's foolish. It's a non-turf race. The fact that the horse won, I think, says something. I'm trusting Rosari to go to the front, but there's literally no more speed in here. Nothing. So I'm hoping that the one can get out and take this field gate to wire. If adventuring can't, I think Family Way is the, only, this is the, the most logical horse to get the job done. She also won the Dueling Grounds Oaks over this very course and distance last year. Gates Wire with Joel Rosario in the Irons. Uh, yeah, I think that this is, I went the same way you did. I went 8-1. Uh, how about, let's talk about real quick, the number nine Viburnum at 20-1 to 1, uh, was originally going to be coming back into this race nine days or 10 days after uh, breaking her or winning an allowance race over the same course and distance. So wins by a head going a mile and five sixteenths on September 1st. When it was supposed to be on Sunday, that's 10 days back. She gets two extra days rest, and she's one, two straight. Uh, Kelsey Dan is pretty hot. Uh, I'm a little concerned about her in this spot, Mike. Got beat by adventuring last year at this track and distance, right? Um, so I, I feel like you have the better horse in adventuring here. But Vibernium has taken a step forward, um, definitely gotten better here. So maybe she can flip the tables in the four-year-old season. I, I like her underneath more than I do on top. Um, I think that core value is a little interesting underneath as well, but I, I think it's on top, it's, it's family way or it's someone gate takes this field gate to wire. And that's the one. So for me, it's, it's a, one of those where I I'm pretty confident playing straight trifectas or superfectas and going like eight, one, nine, uh, specifically eight, one, nine will probably be a decent size bet for me. I'll probably have a little bit of a one, eight, nine as well. Um, I'll probably have a, a one, eight, one, eight over five, nine, five, nine, super things like that, where I'm trying to hit this pretty cold because I do think the top two are, are, are above the rest of the field and that third place and fourth place horse a little more wide open. There's, I was just thinking it was Bree too. had left a comment, uh, uh, and I think when you did the preview for this race, when it was supposed to be on Sunday, she left the comments. So, uh, glad to see you in the chat, Bree. Glad we could uh, talk about that. Mike, we got one leg left for the late pick four at Kentucky Downs on Tuesday, September 13th, race nine. It's a one mile maiden special weight for 12 two year old fillies plus four also eligibles. Five of these are making their debuts. Did you take any new shooters on top? Man, this says uh, shades of the way Belmont likes to end their card, right? Where you're just like, oh, come on. Like, really? Yep. Like, this is, this is what we got to deal with now? You get through those three legs and you're like, and now let's let's just throw some spaghetti at the ceiling and see yep. what happens. Um, I did. I took the four. Let me make sure. Yeah, I took the four words of praise on top. This is interesting. Uh, English Channel stands for 27.5. This horse sells for 16. Generally, I don't like those horses, but this sold the three diamonds. Mike Maker ends up debuting it here and gets IRAT up. That's enough for me to like the horse just in that sense. But then on top of that, the workouts have been, been pretty solid. You got that sneaky 47 bullet that's kind of hanging out there pretty far back. Um, English channels generally like this course. Uh, to me, this is one where it's like, okay, I, I'm a little bit interested here in seeing what words of praise can do. And I don't feel like this is a world beater field. Like this is one of the lower level fields that I've seen as a maiden special weight at Kentucky Downs. Dan was a two-time winner at age two, both times going seven furlongs. Uh, the latter, or the second time she did it was in a stakes race. Uh, be very careful at, about this horse at a short price if you're uh, playing like win bets. Mike Maker, last five years at Kentucky Downs debuting horses, I, one I for that. 29. Yeah. <laughs> it is not good, Mike. Too. They get hammered too. I get it. I, I don't think you're going to see that short of a price on this horse though. Cause it no. like there's, there's enough gotchas here with this one that I, I think you're going to get somewhere in the four to one 92 type of range. And I'm fine with that on, on this, this type of horse. Uh, yes. I use her. Uh, you went, I went 
three. If I went four deep and you and I agreed on two, uh, words of praise is my top pick as well. Let's talk about the other one we agreed on before we uh, start disagreeing. That's the number three, Mad Madame Mim for Safi Joseph Jr. Started the meet. Safi Joseph said he was bringing horses that were, he thought were going to be live. He wasn't wrong, Mike. He's seven for 14, hitting the board, three wins, three seconds. Uh, this horse, I think, is very sneaky here. And apparently you do too because you're also using her. Uh, Number one fact, Mike, what did you say after Brand knocked us out of Saturday's sequence? The only European bred in the field. Guess what? She's the only European bred in the field. She's got that going for her. That's something at Kentucky Downs. Uh, this horse was forced to break from the rail for her debut. That's never an easy spot. She was slow and pinched back. And when that happens on the rail, bye -bye. you've got to be a world beater to overcome that. She couldn't do it. That's fine. Safi's barn, like I said, has been live. Forget all the other stats. He's also giving you a 293 ROI when you bet him at Kentucky Downs this meet. Tyler Gaffley owns this top rider here. Look out for this horse, uh, for this horse at a price. Yeah, and shockingly, a five-and-a-half synthetic race at Gulfstream seems to be a key race somehow. So showgirl Lane B came back and won at this meet earlier this meet. So she's we, right. have a, we have a return winner here at Kentucky Downs. Another horse ran acting uh, at Kentucky Downs. Broke poorly from the one post and it was over. So I'm kind of throwing that one out. And you have another horse that came back to win that finished sixth, I believe it was in this race, yep. who won over the synthetic at Gulfstream. So two back to two winners back out of this race already, including the winner of that race coming back and winning here at uh, at uh, I think it was seven to one actually, a decent price um, over the Kentucky Downs turf. So the race I think is sneaky yeah. good especially for a Gulfstream synthetic race. I don't think they get enough credit sometimes because some of those can be good and the, the buyer numbers can be a little lower. Uh, you think about Geist's horse, Oakhurst. Buyer was really slow and she's in graded stakes after that. I mean, so yep. you, you can't, you got to pay, you got to, you, when you see some of these races come back well, you've got to start giving them a little bit more of a credit and kind of upgrade that uh, Gulfstream synthetic form. So I, I think the three is definitely worth a play here. I'm surprised you didn't play the 12. Sabalenka, because um, if we don't agree, I mean, obviously this is this is one that you don't have on your ticket. I do have on mine. I, I realize that it's a trainer that is not wonderful, right? Uh, Whitworth Beckman, uh, 0 for 3 at the meet, 2 for 38 for the year. But the fact that Jose Ortiz showed up here is what really caught my eye. Go back and watch the race. The horse broke a little bit slow and it wasn't really mentioned in there. So immediately 10 lengths back. I think there's a little bit more speed in there. At least I'm hoping so, because you're going to need it from this 12 post. Um, but Ortiz specifically when he shows up on mounts like this generally does pretty well. And from a buyer perspective, that race actually graded out as one of the better ones in this field. Um, actually the second best uh, last out buyer. So of the horses that I raced, I felt like that was the most impressive race, especially considering the break. Yeah, the Jose Ortiz factor did catch my eye. I just, it, I was looking at the rest of this trainer stuff and I was like, man, it's, I, I couldn't do this horse at seven to two, seven to one. You're on my ticket at seven yeah. to two. Um, do you think it's Colonial Downs, to... What do you think? Colonial Downs, up, I said, was been bringing good form from Colonial. So, you know, could use it. What do you think of race day prices here? Do you think seven to two is the actual off price? Shit. I, at Kentucky Downs, I don't know. I, I was thinking you're going to get between six and eight to one. I think this horse is going to float up off that. That's, I mean, seven to shit, seven to two makes for the favorite in the morning line. I definitely don't want her if she's the favorite. Yeah. Um, I'm a little worried it's an overreaction to to that rally. That you know, if you look at the fact that she was seventh, you know, by ten lengths and rallies to be second by three and a half, like that's that's impressive to look at. But it also, 
Sometimes there's an overreaction price-wise. I'm worried about that here. Uh, next up for me, I am actually going to use another Colonial Downs horse. That's going to be the seven, Psychedelic. Kelsey Danner back on my ticket. Joe Rocco uh, has had two wins and two seconds, or sorry, two wins and two thirds from six mounts at Kentucky Downs. Like I said, he's having a better meet than Adam Biskissa. Uh, comes out of that same race as Sabalenka. Had a really bad start. Uh, didn't have that same flashy close because after a while, the horse just kind of said, man, F it, I'm not going to win and just quit. Uh, if we could get a much cleaner break, I think this horse has got a, a big chance. I mean, this horse, we talked about Sabalinka being 10 lengths back. This horse was 12 lengths back, dead last. Passed a bunch of horses and then eventually just said, screw it. Clean break, you got the experience there. And I think better connections because of the trainer angle than the uh, horse plus eight to one over seven to two. I'm going to go with Psychedelic instead. Yeah, I looked at this one. I, I just, I, I didn't use it. <laughs> That's really, That's you fine. know. It's Kentucky I, I, Downs. You can't, if you use them all, you're spending six grand. I looked at the two, the seven, and the eight, and I didn't use any of the three of them. Those were, those were like the horses that kind of got cut, that hit the cutting room floor for me. Um, I'm going to go to the one horse on the rail next, uh, Safine. Keneally brings this one in, Bayerano up, 10% first out winner, so we know that, that he can get it done. It's another one, Warfront, $100,000 horse, Dynaformer on the bottom side. I, I mean, this horse might want more distance uh, than this mile. But uh, look, if we if if there's a horse that's going to be able to get it early, I feel like it's it's Safin here. And then you look at that workout, man. Like that that 34 and two workout over Churchill last time tells me there's some speed in this horse. I think we're going to be forwardly placed in a race where I don't know where the speed's going to come from. And you track, you want to be forwardly placed going one turn. Safin looks awfully interesting to me. Safin looks like uh, she's going to be a good pet for somebody pretty soon. She's a warfront. Who sold in January for eighteen grand? Yep. Shadowell Farm looked at her after she was broken and about to go into two-year-old training, and said no, and got rid of her for eighteen thousand dollars. I don't yep. like that horse coming here. I, I the eighteen thousand is the, the tough part, right? It's especially yeah. the hundred thousand dollars stud fee, right? But the fact that 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 we've shown speed and we are definitely bred for this type of race. I mean, I'll take I'll take a shot here and see if we can get it. It's not like Keneally's an idiot. It's not like he's bringing horses here to yeah. lose. He gets a good jockey up. I think it's the fastest horse out of the gate. I'm not sure how long we go, but I think we're going to be at front. And I, I want speed right now. I mentioned that at the top of the show. And this one's going to be a decent price for breaking from that rail. Where's Nick Feldman? It's a Dynaformer and Mare, and we don't have Nick Feldman screaming about it in the chat. If he's not there, did it really happen? Um, yeah, it is worth noting. Eddie Keneally, 18% on the year. If she really was an $18,000 cast off that wasn't worth anything, even, you know, nine, eight months later, Keneally would have debuted her at Belterra, at Mountaineer, at Ellis, like anywhere other than Kentucky Downs, where you're running for a $150,000 purse. Like you would yeah. have tried to actually get a little bit of that 18 grand back. Showing up here, just it's, it's an interesting spot because the fact that you decide to say, hey, I'm going to show up and I'm going to run kind of makes you wonder a little bit. Um, uh, and the last one, I'm not going to put that on. The last one for me, the number 11. Oh, there it is. Dennis talking about it. The 11, Queen Anne's Revenge at 10 to 1. Man, Cox and Drew, like we talked about, they've, they've had a rough meet. Drew's been bad even elsewhere. Um, midshipman is going to be what kind of pushes me over here. Uh, this guy's sire stats are actually super, super strong. Uh, DRF has 16 sire stats, if you've ever looked at him, breaking down all different angles and, and distances and surfaces. Of those 16... Midshipman is above average in 15 of those. The only time he's not is when they're marathons. He's 2%. We're not in a marathon race. Um, he is especially strong with debuting two-year-olds, with turf sprints, with turf routes. So whatever you want to classify this race as, uh, he should be good at it. it it's Cox. It's Giroux. I, I've got it at 10 to 1. 
I'm going to take a shot on this horse debuting because Cox is usually very good in these spots, Mike. Yeah, Giroud just, I can't right now. I just, <laughs> I get it. I get it. I just, after watching him at Del Mar, and I don't, you know, I'm not as big of a Kentucky circuit guy. So my first real, like, watch every race Giroud rides was Del Mar. And let's just say, like, he and the Iowa offense, right around the same level for me right now. Oh. It, yeah. Yeah, I went there. Um, so it, it, I really need to be blown away in these spots. I, I look, Midchimp is above average in all of those, but he's like, it's like saying that you got the 14th best offense in the NFL because it's not a lot above average. He's between 13 and 15% at all of those things. He's not like 22% anywhere, right? Um, and so he's very consistent, but he doesn't have that that wow factor, right? And so I, I, I for me, it's like I'm, I need to figure, yeah, you can go through the stats. I just checked them. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm not actually. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> See, it's, to me, it's it's just uh, there's there was too much against this horse. I, I get it if you want to use it again. These are tough races, and you got to kind of decide where you're going to pick your shots. My last shot is going to be the six-horse Peacock Alley now. This horse scratched on Sunday. So I don't know if we're going to get this horse in. If we don't get it in, um, then I am going to flip over. I'm probably going to play your seven, I think. No, okay. maybe the two. One of the two. Um, but but I, the six horse I'm interested in if this horse ends up showing up. Because I really like that workout two back, 46 and four. Uh, and Nyquist, not the most wonderful turf sire right now. But we'll, hopefully we'll see if that can turn around a little bit. Leperu picks up the mount. I think this horse is going to be forwardly placed. I, this is one of those where I'm going to take a shot with a bigger price McPeak. He's got two in here. He's got the six and the eight. If he takes the six out, it kind of steps the eight forward a little bit in my mind. Um, but I, I felt like the six was better specifically because of that work two back. And I'm willing to take a shot here because, like I said, I don't see any speed or world beaters. And I feel like if you get someone up front, they can take this field gate to wire. Uh, you know, not much, a, a ton of, well, actually, you know what? I forgot the Eddington, the one time the Eddington, uh, the damn sire for Peacock Kelly, the one time he ran on turf, he did win. So not a ton of turf, uh, pedigree on that side, but sometimes that doesn't matter. Can it, uh, can it be, uh, Kentucky Downs is a pretty screwy track. Let's talk about the eight because it, I saw a couple of people, including Dr. Tang and Dennis talking about the eight lady squared in the chat. It, for me, I don't, I don't know what this horse is. I feel like this is probably going to be better on dirt and in the fact that Kenny McPeak debuts on dirt, okay, maybe we didn't have turf racing back in June. Puts her on the turf at Ellis Park, brings her back at the Ellis Park meet a month later, not on turf, put her back on dirt. It yeah. feels to me like McPeak's just like the spaghetti thing. He's like throwing her. Where can I throw her that maybe she'll fit? Yeah, that, that turf race left a lot to be desired too. No excuse. That's the thing. It's like I can't even point to it and say, well, she was in tight or, you know, they, there's a, the, there was pace dependent and she wasn't the right part of it no it's just sucked like that's all it was it's bad it's a bad race and and there's your first time on turf okay but second time big time improvement okay like but uh eight to one is what i was like eh, really like I, I thought that horse should be 21 and that that to me was the, the big kind of downer all right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to talk about Tuesday, September 13th, late pick for Kentucky Downs. Remember, there's one more day after this. I, their final day is Wednesday, right? The meet ends for, for sure. Yeah, they're done yeah. for sure on, on Wednesdays. Well, we'll see weather depending. Well, that's true. Uh, so <laughs> weather depending, this is the last time we'll cover Kentucky Downs. But this is, did we do three or four? I think this is the fourth one we've, I can't tell. Yeah, this is the second midweek one, so I think we've done four. Okay, yeah, we done. They, they, uh, they give us good midweek cards. We'll do midweek pick fours. You just it's, generally they are more to be desired. Thank you for that correction, Dennis. Uh, it was Charles B. and uh, and Doctor Tang. 
uh, saying to Dennis, like, I don't want any part of a Kenny McPhee horse. Now, if the horse wins, sure. you're Dennis, Dennis is going to come back on Thursday. Like, I told you, the eight horse guys. I think he was mentioning Family Way, too, who was the eight in the previous race as well. No, that was, well, oh, he was, you're right. Yeah, he was talking about a different eight. That's why it threw me off. Um, did you just, <laughs> there's a two and a half million dollar quality rolled Colt that just sold. No, no I'm not paying attention to that right now. No, I, I pulled up. I pulled up the. Uh, I pulled up Blood Horse's stakes calendar to try and figure out for sure that Kentucky Downs was done after Wednesday, and it's all over the head. Anyways, hey, we're here to give out the tickets one last time. Sorry, down below. Uh, I will start off for fifty cents. One, two, four, eight with three, four, eleven with one, eight with three, four, seven, eleven. That's forty-eight dollars. Yeah, I'm gonna play a fifty cent ticket as well. I'm going one, eight with three, four, six, eleven, twelve with one, eight with one, three, four, six, twelve. Very similar numbers. That'll cost you fifty bucks for fifty cents. That's, that's why I had that perplexed look. I just caught that yeah. as well when it went by. Uh, are you sure those are the numbers? You didn't just accidentally hit copy-paste twice. No. Nope. I'm pretty sure. Double-checked it. <laughs> uh, Mike, uh, let's see. As far as horse racing goes, uh, I think that's it. So let's go over the rails. No antics of any kind ah! except speed. And there we go with the antics. I did also see this, Dennis. Thanks for reminding me. I, I saw the blood horse thing and then I got distracted by the quality of road. But Dennis's father worked with a Hip 52's dam and went for $1.25 million. He was pretty excited. I saw that on Twitter. So uh, good for him. All right. So, Mike, would you rather talk about the weekend that was or do you want to talk about the game that will be? Well, a little bit of both. I want to tell you, Bree, we had a meeting about this today. There will be news coming shortly. So we, there will be tournament news shortly. We were just uh, we're finalizing exactly how we're going to do it because we're going to change the format up a little bit. I think it's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, let's talk about the G-Men, baby. How about that? We've got G-Men over six and a half, Tennessee under nine and a half. They face off first week and they look anemic on offense early and then just come on back and get that game. That is huge for both the over the under. And by the way, the Cowboys are a goddamn mess. The Eagles defense is awful. Washington is not good. I'm excited about our, our I think seven and eight to one to win the division as well. The G-Men. Oh my gosh. Uh, I showed Celeste after the game, Mrs. Nudge, after the game ended, because uh, I wasn't watching. We were at a, a friend's house for the pool party yesterday with the kids, but um, I showed her the score afterwards. And I was like, so here's why this is a big deal. Not only did Mike and I bet this, I, at least I, I don't know if you bet the game, but I bet the Giants. I've, I, I've I already got them. In the money line. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I think I had morning line on them. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I bet that. But not only is that a good thing. But Mike was very, very confident that the Giants would be better than they're supposed to be and the Titans would be worse. And the Titans were a big favorite. And they literally faced each other in the first game. And this is a result. This is a good this is a good omen for the bet that we uh, that we have going. Just like the Bengals winning their first game last year and route to going to the Super Bowl. That was that worked out well. It was an interesting weekend. Uh, the Bengals looked like an absolute mess. That was a wild game. I mean, the, the witching hour was insane, insane this whole time period. It was absolutely crazy, the, the, the results that you saw from the NFL there. Um, it, takeaways, look, that Tennessee team is going to be an under team the whole time. Just, just play them under. That offense is terrible. Derrick Henry did not look very good. Uh, their defense is actually decent. So they'll, the, the scores are going to be low in those games. Um, uh, Trey Lance, I'm worried. I realize that was an absolute monsoon, but, man, uh, there were some real bad passes when it wasn't an absolute monster. Didn't I say I don't want to touch Trey Lance this year? <laughs> uh, Justin Fields is very good and in a very bad situation. Like, I was really impressed with how he played, considering how the, the attack that he was under. Um, Dallas is in a lot of trouble. 
like a lot of trouble. They're, they, they, the regression that we talked about before the season on the defensive side because of the lack of turnovers they're going to get compared to last year is a real problem. And now their offensive line out two starters. Plus, on top of that, you have Dak out for the next eight weeks. They, they're in a world of hurt. Um, if you get a chance to get New Orleans plus three, bet it as soon as possible for week two. Uh, they've they're, they're, uh, Tampa Bay is going to New Orleans. You can catch three at home with New Orleans. Tampa Bay lost another offensive lineman last night. They're now out three starting offensive linemen. Uh, and New Orleans generally has dominated Tampa from a defensive standpoint as well, giving Brady the absolute headache. So if you can get three in that game, go hop on that right now. Um, not a ton of like wild overreactions looking at the lines either. Uh, I think the Falcons are better than what I thought. I, I think they're frisky, especially on offense. And we'll see what's up with this Eagles team. They look really good offensively, but their defense, yeah, just they were gashed by Swift the whole time. So we'll see what happens there. Really exciting first week. Very good first week. Let me tell you, it was a fun week. Um, <laughs> and it caps tonight with a big game. Uh, for me, at least, I, I need uh, Denver to win outright. And it will be a very, very good week. Um, but yeah, it, this is this is going to be interesting. You got Russell Wilson going back to Seattle. The numbers been fluctuating between six and a half and seven the entire time. Uh, I, I like Denver at the six and a half number. I don't like them at the seven number. That's kind of where I would I would stop playing it. If you want to play a teaser, you can tease Denver down. Um, I like the over a little bit in this spot because I think you're going to see points created. Um, and there's no talent on the defensive side of the ball for Seattle whatsoever. They're going to be forced to throw the ball in the second half. Uh, and Geno Smith may make some mistakes. We'll just put it that way. Uh, you also have the elite receivers uh, on, on Seattle as well. So they can move the ball a little bit through there. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, very good first week. Very fun first week. Um, and let's just get Denver home tonight. I was looking ahead to next week. Uh, I was looking for the New Orleans game, and they took it down for so I can't bet on it right now. But um, Tennessee Titans go on the road uh, for – I'm going to guess that's Monday Night Football. Do you know who they play? Uh, Viking? No, the Vikings play the e- Eagles. Correct. Uh, Tennessee is going on the road to Buffalo after what Buffalo right. just did. Yeah. Yeah, and do you know that the, the Giants are now favorites in week two? We can have a two and zero, oh, six and a half over, and an zero oh and two, nine and a half under. <laughs> like, like I wish I had the actual stats to to tell the people, but teams that start zero oh and two historically, after the entire season, like it's almost impossible to even get to five hundred from that point, let alone make the playoffs. So, yeah, I feel pretty good about that. Bet. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty solid, especially the two of them facing week one. I mean, that was obviously the key. If you get if you get the win there, it's huge for the. the both totals because of the lower one is the one we have over and the higher one's under. So it's great to get that, get that done. Fun fact. If the Denver Broncos win, there'll be two division leaders who are winless going into week two. The AFC South has two teams that oh oh and one and two played each other and two teams that lost. And the NFC West, that, that world beater NFC West last year will be zero and four through the first week. So you have two division leaders with zero wins going into week two of the NFL season. Football. It's football bad. man <laughs> <laughs> uh real quick where did it go where did it go there was a comment charles b magic did you win your bet with the commanders by the hair on my chinny chin chin these little hairs right here is how much we won that by that's the only one i lost and i had plus three and a half on jacksonville you had minus two and a half i thought I was like let's do three milling that thing for a second because if, if if we get that uh if we convert the two-point conversion then it's a tie game with four minutes left and then three is a very real ending number right but once you get once it was one you're like oh well shit now it's not gonna end there <laughs> yeah I've, i was monitoring the score and when it looked like for a while that the math could add up that way i was like 
if we middle this, that's going to like, we're going to come on the show Monday and just be high fiving each other. And we're like, we had the different teams betting somehow. But how about do the bet daily? I mean, great, great result on Sunday. It was a choppy week. And Sunday we go four and oh, Magic, you were four and oh for the week, carrying, carrying it. We had two plus bunny bets, plus 145, plus 150 that both came through. One from Aaron, one from me. Papa Dude hits a, a plus 100 on the, in the baseball side. Uh, it, it was just a great, great Sunday all around. And Magic, I got it. I'd like serious hat tip to the CFL thing. You weren't on the show. You weren't on the show on Sunday. And we were talking about it. When I was in Vegas, I would only bet one sport. It was only college basketball, and I only played the whack. And people were like, what the hell? Why do you only play the whack? I had more information than almost everybody playing the whack, and the, the betting limits weren't that big. So the line, the book didn't care about the lines as much. What you're doing in the CFL, very similar. Be an expert in something no one else gives a shit about, and then bet it, and you can make some money because that is a, a line that, like, the, look, they want to hang a good line, but they don't go broke if they hang a bad line for any CFL game. They're not taking limit bets of 10, 15, 25, 35, 45, $100,000 on CFL games. And if they are, they're going to figure out who the hell's doing it and why they're betting that much on a CFL game. You can chop those leagues up if you pay attention and you do a good job handicapping. You've done a wonderful job following it, figuring out which conference is better, cross-conference play. It shows. Thank you. Yeah, and it's it's funny that you – thanks for saying that. The I said that exact same thing to Celeste about why I was like, I think this is what she's like, why are you so good at it? Cause it's not like, I'm not spending hours every night pouring over this stuff. It's I, I used to be pretty, when I followed the NFL, I used to be really good at betting the NFL. And it's just it, a lot of it's football. It's just, things are a little different, but nobody's paying attention to it. And that's where and I told her, I said, Mike did this in college. And when he was in Vegas for a while after college, like he, this is, you find something, you exploit it where people, nobody's watching and you just make some money. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, real quick, non-sports related. Shoddy asking over here, House of Dragon. Yep, House of Dragon, Rings of Power. or how? Yeah, Rings of Power, House of Dragon. I have not watched Rings of Power. I intended to, but I have not been able to because of everything else that's been, been going on right now. Uh, House of Dragon I have been watching and it's been phenomenal. Like I, I was completely out on Game of Thrones after the last season. Did not make me happy after I, I caught up. I did not watch a single episode through the first five seasons. I caught up on five seasons before the start of season six. Watch season six, like, okay, okay, I'm, I'm still still buying into this a little bit. It's not as good as it was earlier, but still buying. And then there's that turd burger that was dropped in season seven, which was a little bit painful. Uh, I like some of it. I dislike other parts of it. Um, but this, I think, has been absolutely phenomenal. I'm, I'm back in. Uh, I haven't seen either one of them. I will say uh, Mrs. Maddish and I both had the same opinion of House of the Dragon. And then she finally broke down and started it. And after the pilot ended, she kind of like, like uh, almost like she was embarrassed, like came around the course, she's like, I think they got me. <laughs> so uh, I told her, I said, when it's done, tell me it's good. And because I'm not getting burned again. So tell me when it's over that it's good. And then I'll go back and watch it. Well, but the difference here is that uh, George R. R. Martin is involved in the whole product and there's a source material is complete. That's a big key here, right? Like the source material was not complete for Song of Ice and Fire. And I think that really made it more difficult to get the ending that you wanted because you had all of this witty dialogue that was pulled directly from the book in the first couple seasons. And so you, you really got hooked by doing that. And then it kind of got, the legs got chopped out because George didn't finish the books. And now you have the full complete source material. And what's really cool about this, and I think it's interesting to listen to the podcast around the show too, because that's kind of what I do when I'm watching shows. A lot of this is fabricated from this, this, uh, this, the, the original book, right? Where it's, it's, I think it's what, 200 pages covers 30 years versus like thousands of pages covered what, what, uh, the original Game of Thrones was covering. So a lot of this is like one or two lines is an entire episode. 
and that they build it out from there. But because George R. R. Martin's been involved in it and that they've been so intricate in doing this, they've done a phenomenal job so far, four episodes in. And I have not read this book, which is good for me too. So I'm like spoiler free going through this. I have no idea who dies, who lives, who ends up where. Like I'm, I'm excited because I haven't read the book. Uh, the big comment that I heard from people regarding the other show, Rings of Power, is that it just doesn't go anywhere. But I've heard it's gorgeous. Like you can tell they spent Amazon's money well that way. They just didn't invest it in story. So well, bummer. I'm, I was never a big Lord of the Rings person. Like I, I'd never read the books. I saw the movies, but I wasn't like this is the God's gift to Earth. You know, like so. Mm -hmm. I, for me, like I was more excited for House of Dragon than I was the Rings of Power, right? It's because I yeah. was more invested in, in uh, I can't even remember Game of Thrones than I was Lord of the Rings. So I, I will hopefully get to it at some point. But it's like it's not even first right now. I still haven't seen Thor. Like, but by the way, have you been watching She-Hulk? I haven't seen the newest one yet. A phenomenal. Very. I, I'm I'm really enjoying my viewing experience right now with She-Hulk. I'm liking it too. Yeah. I was not, not expecting not, it, but I, I am enjoying it. I think because my ex after Moon Knight, my expectations went so low that I'm like, yeah, whatever happens, it's fun. I'm having a good time. Um, back to horses real quick. We'll get out of here. Uh, Davey says, will Baffert's horses be allowed in the Kentucky Derby with transfer again? Um, they, they're not going to be allowed as of right now still. He's still got another year that he's going to be banned. But he also has shown with Taba, doesn't matter. Yeah. Win the Sandia Derby, win the Haskell. People still think you've got a great horse and they're going to spend a lot of money breeding to it later. So, uh, which is kind of what we predicted when, when none of the owners were really changing um, for that one. Uh, Shadi says, Mike, stay spoiler free. You're going to be on a wild ride. So have fun with it. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't even know who's going to end up marrying who and having kids and what's going on. I know we're covering 30 years and the, the four seasons they're planning on doing. And I, I just, my goal is to not know what happens and just kind of let this thing play out. The problem is, I think I remember a couple things about the end of this show from the original Game of Thrones because they talk about <laughs> some of these characters' names and I'm worried I know what happens without actually knowing what happens. I think it was Joffrey that talked about it, which I hated him, so maybe I'm remembering him correctly, but I believe there was a spoiler sitting inside Game of Thrones for this and I, I don't know if I'm right or not. There probably is, but just don't go back. I'm impressed that you would remember that. To me, it's kind of like Lord of the Rings, where it's like there's so many names that are all familiar and they're all incestual cousins to each other. I can't. Well, it's keep the, it the straight. Aegon the Conqueror one is the one that keeps coming up. I realize that guy is already dead right now in the show, yeah. but like that specific name keeps coming up, and he's the one who like okay, I am right. He's the one like Jon Snow's dad or something was also an Aegon, and that's where I think I'm worried about. I might know how this thing plays out. Okay, see, so, you now I remember things and I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Hey, up here on the screen, we're going to get out of here. Up here on the screen, this is racingdudes.com. You can check out the reaction to KF Rock winning. You compare that to Forte winning the hopeful stakes of Saratoga on their closing weekend. Which horse did it better? We're all going to say Baffert. We know the answer there. But we also have Mike's preview for the ladies' marathon stakes as well as Saratoga Slim's Monday Night Football prop bets. Russell Wilson and Cortland Sutton. He's loving that uh, combination there. So go check out that video that's over at RacingDudes.com. And don't forget, Slim is going to be having a lot more of his NFL picks coming up uh, over at YouTube.com slash RacingDudes and, of course, RacingDudes.com. Mike, uh, are you doing anything for Monday Night Football? I know Dudes Who Bet is on later in about an hour today. Nope, they're coming on. Uh, I'll be back on Wednesday. We'll be back with uh, 
due to bet daily trying to go for back-to-back winning weeks after we close it out like champs there on sunday um giving out best bets from all around the sports and horse racing world thursday we'll have the magic mike show and thursday halftime reaction uh I, slim and samos halftime bet palooza will be back on thursday uh, so make sure you check that at halftime of the thursday night football game all season long um and then we will be back what uh, i may probably yeah i think that's it for me then it's just the daily shows after that yeah, we that's are, just uh, the 17 daily shows, yeah. Just one a day, plus all the previews you have me do, making me do freaking Churchill. Thanks a lot, buddy. Um, <laughs> uh, the one thing I would say is we are going to have a, a timing change for Due to Bet Daily on Saturday. We were going to go live at 11 Eastern instead of noon so that we can include the college kickoffs at noon Eastern in that show. So uh, Due to Bet Daily will be 11 Eastern on Saturday, and it will be noon Eastern uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday this week. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I am at Curtis Kellord. He is at Bomb 18 number one, number eight. Uh, Corporate Overlords at Racing underscore Dudes. And once again, make sure you check out RacingDudes.com. Slim's got the prop bets for the NFL tonight and Dudes Who Bet uh, weekly. Dudes Who Bet, the weekly show, will be on in one hour here at YouTube.com slash Racing Dudes. Until next time, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. It's been a fun one. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time. The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.